Welcome back to Broology. I know it's been a while, but to be fair, we've been busy. Nate's got an update, I had coronavirus, and much more. We'll catch you up on all of that on today's episode of Broology. Welcome back, guys. Hey, Dave. Hey, Nate. How you doing? I'm good. Welcome back, buddy. Yeah, it's been... Oh, it's been oh. a quick minute with the holidays in there. Yes. You yeah. were going through a lot. I went through a lot. <laughs> we missed nothing, right? So, so how's your life been for the past few months? Well, the last time we did this show, I was working part-time at uh, retail, and I have since uh, stepped down from that position. It was I was just working too much, and uh, we didn't need it, so I, I you know... I said, hey, here's my two-week notice, and it was kind of a bummer, you know what I mean? I, I got really fond of a lot of the uh, the people there. Like, it was a really fun time, but it was also retail, so, you know. It's crazy how quick you develop those relationships. <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially in our area, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. People are very down-to-earth here. They're very easy to uh, to get used to, just to, to, to really connect with, you know? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> it people was... People are out here wear their hearts on their sleeves. Absolutely, and... You know. Sermon analogies galore. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, my for sure. goodness. I, are you kidding me? How are you doing? I am I am better. Yeah. <laughs> I had some, some, some medical issues the past couple weeks. But, oh, yeah? Uh, oh, yeah? I'm raising the, some eyebrows The Lord you. has brought me through that. Good, good. And, uh, yeah, doing better. Oh, I had COVID, by the way. I, you were, you oh, knew you this. Did. They don't know this. Maybe some of them do. I mean, our all three of our listeners. Well, that's fascinating. How yeah. was that? <laughs> oh, you don't want it. Let me put it that way. Uh, the 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 disease is one thing. Give us the quick overview. Uh, the disease and the hassle. You get them both. So because you, you can't leave your house. Not just that. So so the contact tracing. Mm-hmm. That was pretty crazy uh you know like you're sleeping and you're trying to get like get through it you're trying to get over this thing and all of a sudden you get a call at like you know seven in the morning and they're like hey i hope this isn't a bad time and it's like well i don't want to say that it is but you know i gotta sleep this thing off so yeah and then it's like now you've got to check everywhere you've been you can log on to your bank account to try to see when did i spend money you know and where oh, okay yeah so Good that kind of helps it out like yeah so if you get covid uh make sure that you do online banking it really helps so, yeah covid is covid was a wild ride man it was uh i was it felt like the 10 plagues of egypt every single like you know one day would be one plague another day would be another and you know today oh like you know my feet are really or my ankles or not my ankles my what are these kneecaps knees yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can tell I science major. Uh, kneecaps were like Failures. really sore. Memory loss with yeah. COVID too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, but I got the loss of smell. That happened another day. I was like, oh, okay, now I can't smell. And what that feels like is essentially you smell the air right now and there's nothing around, right? If you're in a room and there's no candle in front of you, there's no mm-hmm. you know books or anything, you just breathe it in. Yeah. Now imagine somebody puts a, you know, Yankee candle in front of your nose. That's what it smells like. And you couldn't smell it at all. I couldn't smell anything. Yeah. Wow. That's Cuz like uh, even when you have a cold and you're stuffed up, you could still smell that faint hint of it. Yeah. And you had COVID no yeah, COVID blocks that stuff, man. Wow. COVID just cuts it off. Yeah. I mean, not to be 
uh, unsensitive, but like, like, do you know how much pain and suffering could have been saved if, if you could <laughs> oh, turn your sense of smell on? Just turn it right on, like a switch, diapers. like a light switch. Oh, absolutely. So you've had something develop recently in your life. And that is, yeah, yeah. Well, I want you to talk about that. I name. thought it was one thing, you're talking about another thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. Yeah, so what, our last podcast was end of October. Yeah, right before November. Like yeah, last just before week. the election. Mm-hmm. Uh, so about mid-November, my wife and I accepted a youth ministry position. So we finished the year out at our former home church, oh. and we started... Uh, attending Believer's Chapel and running the youth group there, and Praise you know we're we're a month in now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going great. Luckily, mm-hmm. I knew all the kids already, mm-hmm. which yeah. really helped. That does help because yeah. they they went to a conference with us mm-hmm. uh, in November. But yeah, what an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, I bet. Trying to say goodbye. Yeah. You know, it's like we weren't moving or anything, but we're right. not going to see these people weekly anymore. Yeah, it's still hard. So it was very emotional. Uh, and there were some elderly people who we love near and dear who just weren't coming to church. We didn't mm-hmm. get to say goodbye to them. Mm, they missed out. Know? Oh, because of the COVID stuff. Yeah, you yeah. know. And uh, then our, our our new senior pastor, was he just had his installation service last Saturday. Okay. So they were also saying goodbye to their former senior pastor oh, on Sunday. Goodness. And... That was super emotional too. Mm-hmm. I mean, emotional for their church. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. like wow, this is really hard. But then bringing up our emotions of leaving our church, it's <laughs> just like kind of uh, Woo, Lord help me. Yeah, you know, it was uh, re- resurfacing. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, what's been great is we've had childcare mm. every week, so Mel mm. Mel's been able to come with me. That's wonderful. You know, My which is, is great. Yeah, for young and, parents, uh, just any parents. Especially when they're I mean, not age. not even just getting out of hell, but like to be able to do ministry together. Absolutely. It's like, this Absolutely. is awesome. No kidding. You yeah. Know? That's awesome. And, uh, we've got some exciting plans. Not trying to change too much, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, just moving into a, a new position. You're like, all right, things are going to stay the same for a while. Let's yeah. just get to know each other. Yeah. You know, which is hard during COVID because it's like, I'd rather just drag all the teens to my house. Oh, and hang that out. Can happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's sure, the easy sure. way to get to know each other. So oh. we're figuring it out, navigating that. But yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's been our lives. Praise the Lord for you getting that, like for you kind of getting that assignment over there. You know, yeah. And, and that, I mean, that's so cool. If it, uh, man, I hit the jackpot. Yeah. The youth pastor became the senior pastor. That's great. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. I, I I could say the same. The guy that I work with. Yeah. Is um, I mean, my goodness, you could not have picked a better guy to work with sure in my opinion i so blessed i mean just the patience that mm. man has like mm. i i've done <laughs> dumb things where i'm just like oh no and he's yeah. just calm as can be i'm panicking he's fine you know it's just fan when you work with that i mean the synergy of you know pastors is so important sure that that i mean I, i'm very blessed um what you were talking about brought back a lot of memories too, because I I had worked at a camp with a lot of the guys that ended up being my youth kids. In the oh youth wow! Group. Yeah. Okay. So it was like yep. seamless transition, Nate. Oh, I mean, seriously. Sure. And of course, for you guys, it's a little bit of a trek down the road, but you guys yeah. are still kind of local. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. What was funny was he was a uh, 
the former youth pastor, he, he had been streaming his youth services cool. online. Yeah. So I had been listening to his last series. Oh, so you know this uh, and, guy. And he was basically doing Sistheo 1. Oh, that's wonderful. Teams. So I get in, you know, I'm preaching, and I use some bigger, just some bigger word, like yeah. sanctification. Of course. And I'm getting blank stares, because I have a different teaching style. Sure. I'm just like, mm-hmm. someone talk to me. I know you know this word. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You can't tell me you don't. I watched it. You were there. Yeah, that's right. Ooh. <laughs> you know, see, just you know, just calling them out like, guys, come <laughs> on. You know, I, I don't know how you preach. I, I like to teach yet have a conversation going at the same time. Sure, sure. So I know they're listening and retaining some right. info. And you can... Oh, that's a good way. It's hard to steer sometimes. Sure, you know? yeah. That, that's a really good topic because we're both youth pastors. And, I mean, I, I just talked to a guy who started this year, too. Like okay. This year. Like, I'm talking, you know... Welcome wow. to our church, COVID. Like that was just like I was like, if there was a year to start youth ministry, this is <laughs> this last year was not it, right? So I I'm chatting with him, and we had tried to do a combined event together, and mm. that had to get shut down because of COVID. I mean, I had to shut down three different events this year, and boy, it was just tough. So you're starting off with COVID still yeah. happening, so that's got to be really tough. It is, especially because one of our teens, he has a sibling who's very susceptible. Oh, d- d- medically? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. we do have to be careful. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't, like, it's weird. They're such a tight-knit family. Good. That's good. That it's yeah. just like, they've welcomed us in. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing I was talking about, I was talking to my pastor this week. I was like, I understand the kids that are in high school. Mm-hmm. They're still his teens. Of course, I go. I'm yeah. gonna. I'm gonna try my best mm-hmm. to to mm-hmm. develop some good relationships with them, but I do not expect them to come to me. Yeah, they they can go right to the senior pastor. Yeah, which, they're gonna many, they're gonna know, go to him. That's really good. I you, mean, you know. So my greater focus right now is the middle schoolers. That makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, we have some awesome kids. Yeah, they are so cool. Yeah, I bet. And God yeah. has already been working. Yeah. Just in, in, in four one. weeks, uh-huh. um, there's there's this one kid. He's he's so cool. Very shy, very quiet. Okay. Right? Doesn't say a word to anybody. Okay. I can barely get him to say hi to me some weeks. <laughs> yeah. And just this last week, he prayed. Oh. Like out loud himself, in front of everybody. Look at that. Like we do group prayer, take everybody's prayer requests, and oh, we wow. pray. And I, I assign some to people. And I just pointed out a couple kids and... I go, will you pray for this? He nodded sure. his head yes. And he, the first time he's ever prayed out loud in front of oh, people. Wow. I'm just like, Lord, you're doing something. There you go. This That's is awesome. great. Well, I was going to say, I was like, man, I'm too nice. I, I don't make my kids pray. Like, I, I just, they'll pray, but I'll just be like, I'll give them like a couple seconds and I'll jump in. I'm like oh. helicopter youth pastor. I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'll hold your hand. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. You know, I just have like, I don't want to. And then I'm I'm like oh, I shouldn't have done that. I well, have. in in the in the mission statement, which I didn't create, it was already there. Was that this is a safe place for teens to come? Hmm. And that was that was one of the first things in their mission statement. That we're a youth group, which is a safe place. So I think they really take that to heart. That it's like this is a safe place to to learn and hmm. to be vulnerable. And hmm. all right, so you prayed and it sounded funny. Maybe you only said two words. 
Mm-hmm. God help this person. That was all you said. Yeah. Well, at least you stepped out in faith. Absolutely. You it's know, yeah. like well, it was from the heart, and that yeah. matters most. Like, because it's so a, what? You don't pray like you went to seminary. Mm-hmm. Big what? The it's best easy, prayers yeah. are the simplest ones. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus, we need you. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just sit on that, man. Think about that theology for a second. Now, you talked about something a little earlier that I just want to tackle real quick and sort of how you, your teaching style, hmm? and, which is interesting during COVID because we'll social distance them in the, you know, we were doing it in the, like the, the main area and okay. I would be on the stage, right? Yeah. But then we've been able to kind of do the like circle up kind of deal. Oh, is that how you do it? Sort of. Yeah. Again, cool. it's, you know, we have to kind of work it out with the COVID restriction, whatever. Hmm. But like... For us, it's interesting because um, the group can be really big, but we've got the upstairs. We can use it. That, to me, is an interesting teaching style because, you know, I always say, and there's another thing you mentioned, like, with your middle schoolers. I, I think that's great that you're able to really connect with them because, and this isn't to be like, oh, don't care about the high, absolutely care about the high schoolers, mm-hmm. but in your situation, it's like, okay, you can connect with them, oh, but yeah. they're on their way out too. Yep. So you want to make sure you're connecting with them with the intention of, they're not going to be here, but hopefully they'll be in college, age, career, yeah. whatever. Um, but the middle schoolers, especially to develop that relationship, because you're going to have those kids for four years. Yep. You know what I mean? Four to six. Four yeah. to six. Now that's what I tried to do with mine. Not to say I neglected the high schoolers. I just knew all of them. Yep. I still cultivated those relationships with the intention that they were going to be in college and career. Mm. What I you know did with the middle schoolers was because the high school kids were really tight knit. Yeah. Um, the middle school kids didn't feel like they had like a place, sure. and there was like a three grade gap you know like the old the youngest of the old kids was a junior mm. and the oldest of the young kids was like eighth grade oh, okay. so it was like you know you yeah. had a sizable gap there and they all kind of went in one place and then the the other kids went in another which is natural absolutely yeah so what i did was i gave the middle schoolers opportunities leadership opportunities mixed them in and man one of the kids was like that moment that you was like you involved me was one of the first steps that i said i want to be I want to be that kind of youth leader mm-hmm. in youth ministry someday. I mean, pfft, you know oh, what I mean? Like, because all I did was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to involve you guys. Not as a, yeah. hey, we're this big group and club. It's like, no, this it's, is, it's Jesus reaches out. You too. know, you you want to reach out to these kids and show them uh, yep. Christ-like love and to say like, hey, you, you know, this is, um, now obviously they had to show some, you know, Christian virtue, oh, yeah. Christian, uh, a, a, a Christ-like you know, attitude. They had to show something, mm-hmm. um, but they were given basic jobs, and they loved it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And this is just kind of youth group um, one hundred and one, kind of like within yeah. the the system or whatever you want to call. I mean, as far as discipleship goes, I do like the idea of of, of like being able to see them. Yeah. You know, because in my in my experience, you know, uh, somebody told me this once. It's like after three years, they're your kids, and I'm. They're God's kids, but you know, as far yeah, as like no, knowing I, you as the youth pastor, in three yeah. years you're you're their youth pastor, yes. right? So I came in. There was a year in between between the last guy and me, and then I come in. I do a couple, you know, a couple of years, but I was still the guy. But now it's like three years or so in. It's like I'm, you know, they know me as their youth pastor, yep. which is kind of cool. But you've got the benefit that their senior pastor was also. I mean, that's just a yeah. great. Well, and to top it off, 
the the senior pastor who used to be the youth pastor. Yes. Was my youth leader at one point when See, I was a teen. See, that's just so cool. That's just so cool. I like that and a lot. When I was a middle schooler. I yes. mean, I was I came right out of sixth grade, mm-hmm. and he was in charge of the middle school boys that's at great. this youth group I was that going to. Good. And wow. the one thing that I took away from him because I I only went to that youth group a couple of years, and then I was at the one mm-hmm. where I met wife, mm-hmm. and. The one thing he taught us, him and his wife were, uh, they had a, a pregnancy where the baby had uh, trisomy, I don't uh-huh. know, 13, 15, 18, I don't remember the number. Okay. Uh, but either way, baby was not going to make it. Mm. And stillborn, mm. stillbirth. Mm. And uh, mm. he never hid that from us. And we're 12 year old boys. Wow. 13 years old in middle school. Yeah. He never hid that from us. And he really taught us at middle school boy level how yeah. to pray, yeah, and to pray earnestly yeah. for God to intervene for something so serious mm-hmm. with middle school boys, yeah, yeah. And he he shared that story his first Sunday when he when he took over as senior pastor, he shared that story, and uh, because it was actually right around the anniversary of his son's death, mm. and. He said, of all, we had like six or seven of us in that in that group. He goes, out of everyone in that group, three of them are pastors, and the rest of them are all leaders in their church right now. And I There's never thought of that before. Wow. That's and crazy. I mean, I just broke right down when he said that. I was like, hmm. And he's like, if I never do another great, if I never see another great win in ministry, that was it. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, man, put the gauntlet down. Uh, anywho. Uh, last thing, and we're kind of all over the place, but we're talking about youth ministry and COVID, yeah. and then we'll we'll move on to something a little heavy. Um, but this, so one thing I've noticed, and correct me if I'm wrong, I call it the like I don't have any name for it actually. I thought I did for a second. I actually don't. So that's a human. It's a humbling thing. But um, so there is when you're doing a devotion or preaching with mm-hmm. the kids, I would say there's about five minutes. Of just like getting them to calm down and settle down. Oh sure, especially if game time is right before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. big time. And then there's the five minutes in the middle where they're actually like locked in. Yep. And then there's like the five minute warm down period, right? Yep. Where they start to you start, they start to get antsy again, and yeah. and you know you make a joke and then you regret it. And I'm like, that's the hard thing with me because I love using natural humor i don't want to sure. try to pretend i'm somebody i'm not sure it just flows it just happens yep. you tell a, you if you really nail a joke oh yeah you've lost you've lost your entire sixth grade like you're just <laughs> gone right because you just told a really like i it doesn't even have to be that advanced mm. for you know for middle school boys i mean you know it could be a you could literally just fart on accident on stage and you've lost them. The application is gone. You know what I mean? If you just let you know what I mean? Or if you make a joke about, I don't know, you know, it's like, like you, they're just gone. But I don't know. Has that been your experience or is it just. Yeah, been- and that's part of the reason why I like to teach the way I do mm. is because uh, <laughs> even in, you know, you're drawing them in as yeah. they're coming off that high from yeah. game time. She's yeah. like, all right. Come in, come in, come in, come in. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we'll do game time and then we'll do worship mm. to get everybody to yeah. come back down. Oh man. Do do a little prayer after yeah. worship and yeah. then we'll we'll dive into the message. <laughs> it's like all right. So hopefully the high's gone. Oh, if gosh. not, all right. 
Let me draw you in. Here's what we talked about uh, last week. Here's right, where we're right. going today. Let's then, do this. Yep, yep. And then, uh, you know, did, uh, trying to draw some sort of responses so you know they're conscious yeah, and yeah. Like, listening. and like, <laughs> Check for their pulse like, on occasion. Hey, Have a volunteer go around and just check their pulse, you know. But, uh, yeah, no, I get, I get it. But um, definitely those last five minutes, <laughs> you're just losing them. Yep. And yep. it's like... That's the best part of your message too. Is the last five minutes when it all comes together right. and it all points back to Christ, and you're like, "Guys, you should be on fire right now, and you're uh, falling asleep." Yeah, yeah. That, what, what's or they're waking up? Oh, right. Yeah, hopefully, you know. Um, the, the problem is, is you know, well, what's weird is you got the hyperactive kid that walks up to you and he gives you this absolute deep. Um, you know, just just application from what you just said, and you're like, wait, you were paying attention. Also, I thought that was a terrible message. Okay, like, all right, Lord, that, that's you know, yeah. he works, and you get out of the way. You know what I mean? And and your logic, what you're thinking, was the takeaway. You thought you nailed the message. Seriously? It might have been the worst one you've ever done, as far as what the Holy Spirit's doing in their lives. You know, yeah. and what He is stirring. It's just so interesting. We're just we're just honored to be a part of it. I just thought about games at COVID, and that's a nightmare. Anyways, let's move on. Because <laughs> you mentioned that. Because I was like, what is on? Another podcast. We've probably gone way too long. But that was a nice little break of talking about youth ministry. Absolutely. I mean, Fruits of the Spirit, talking about being youth pastors and sure. doing lessons. Patience. <laughs> <laughs> Retail, patience. Oh, shoot. Just being a parent. You're going to be plucking that fruit from wait, the tree a lot. Wait you have your first kid. Oh, absolutely. There you the go. The terrible twos. Oh, speak I mean, speak I know a some, wise one. Please. I, knew, I know some, a friend of ours, she called the, the terrific twos. <laughs> friend of ours. Oh, yeah. Uh, just, you know, she called it, oh, we're in the terrific twos. You know, <laughs> wink, just wink. speaking oh, faith. Gosh. That's and uh, like, that man, there fantastic. was nothing terrific. About There's nothing terrific about the two. I mean, I love it. It's just, oh man, it's so many times just praying, God. I know patience is one of the fruits of the spirit, <laughs> and I have your Holy Spirit inside of me. It says, according to your word, God, if you could increase this fruit right now, that would be mm, great. Because yeah. I am just trying not to kill my kid. Man, <laughs> I I'll update you when I get there someday. But oh, I'm sure be, you'll be there to. It's going to be me. awesome. Oh man, iron sharpens iron. Well, man. it's like man, your kids <laughs> will do everything to drive you nuts, and then just at the end of the day, they do one thing, and just boom, all better. I think we've. I think we've hit on a very important theological uh, uh, truth in that through your parenting experience and my retail experience we have seen without a like without a shadow of a doubt proof of total depravity I've said this before. I was like, if you don't believe in total depravity, we're cashiering. Yeah. And I don't. Here's the thing: people would get uh, like coworkers. They'd be like, "Oh my gosh, that person." So, and th- not all of them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I worked with some great people, but they would say like what I was thinking, like, "Oh man, there's." But I felt pity for these people, right? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the people that walk in and and they escalate at, at like a drop of a pin. And what you're telling me by doing that is that it takes, like, it takes just a small inconvenience for you in a public area to throw that much of a fit. Mm. What on earth has gone on at home in your life to to get you to the point where that's your breaking point? Like, where or that, is it a show? 
Or is it a show? I mean, well, in that case, because what they can do, and this is something that's really interesting. This is why um, postmodern, post when you tell people that their truth is actually true, when you have to conform to their reality. Objective moral truth. Yeah. Here's um, from Sheologians. She made this point, and it, it absolutely, it almost knocked me out of my chair. Think about this, okay? So when you work customer service, mm-hmm. let's say, for example, you're a waiter or waitress, right? If somebody says that there's something wrong with their steak, if you want to be a good customer service representative or associate or waiter or waitress, right? If you want to succeed well in that area mm-hmm. and you want to get good reviews and everything else, yeah. you have to conform to the reality that they have about their steak. If their steak is wrong, it's wrong. It doesn't matter if it's right. If customer you did it by the right. the customer, if the customer is always right, you have to take it back to the kitchen. And it doesn't matter how inconvenient it is for the people in the kitchen or anything else. You have to conform to that reality. And then she said this. And when that happens, when people know that that's the case, they can they can become tyrants very quickly. Hmm. Does that not describe America? <laughs> Where we're going so right now true. and the problems that we're dealing with, how people, when you, this is my chair adjusting, by the way, I'm not farting right now on our podcast. Um, that probably didn't even pick it up. So now I'm just talking about my non-existent. It did Thanks. sound like it. I appreciate it. So if you think about it, the trajectory of this nation is we're telling everybody that what, what they believe is, is true, what, what their truth is, is, is fine, mm. what you believe is, is what you believe and what I believe is, and, and if that's true for you, that's true for you and that's true for me. Everybody has their own truth. Yeah. Right. I mean, I've had people that would come into our retail store, right, or come into the store and they would cause a fit because they knew that they could bully the employees and they mm. would get coupons for doing it. You know what I never understood? What's and, that? And, and I'm glad you brought up us as a nation because that'll go into our last thing. Absolutely. Um, but I never understood like when an atheist or someone, just anyone who's not, does not identify as a Christian. Okay. I never understand why they get so mad at Christians for believing certain things are sin. Interesting. Oh, wow. How like, much time we got? Okay. So, <laughs> just the obvious one people go to first nowadays, homosexuality. Okay. All right. LGBTQ, all that stuff. Well, the, the list as, as Christians, yeah. we we believe God created marriage, true marriage between a man and a woman. Oof, man. Okay. Episode two, here we go. <laughs> all right. Go for right? it. That's what we believe. So, why would someone who doesn't believe in God... Be mad at a Christian for believing what God says. Okay, so they would say... If you don't believe in God, why does it affect you that I think it's wrong? That I think it's sin? Right, so what what they would say, likely, is... um, And I'm an expert in this because I went to public school. I'm kidding. So did you. (laughs) So you don't (laughs) So I'm just kidding. But, um... So what they would say, essentially, is it does affect us because it affects how you vote and it affects how you uh, judge me, right? So you're well, voting. Views, aren't you entitled to your opinion? So they would say that, that you actually do affect them negatively because your opinion uh, goes to the voting. But this is the most logical thing I can think of. There's other people that think that you holding an opinion contrary to their, their lifestyle that's become their religion in a way mm. or their identity or whatever. Yeah. It's become so fixated and, and, and mixed with who they are that you, you just by you disagreeing with it even in a private life is dangerous to them it's not, I've heard progressive Christians say this you can't just disagree with it it's actually dangerous that you do so 
You it's, say progressive Christians. Okay. Now, I know some people automatically lumped certain celebrities, you know, Christian <laughs> celebrities, into that camp. Sure. One that comes to mind is Lauren Daigle. Ah, okay. Do you remember her interview with Jimmy Fallon? Okay, so this kind of brings it back. Was it about homosexuality? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, remind and me. And I think it was on Fallon. Someone had asked her, like, all right, so do you, do you believe, you know, homosexuality is a sin? It's like a go-to. And <laughs> everybody chastised her because they're like, oh, she bowed out. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I've got friends who are gay, and I'm still wrestling with that. So if yeah. you know for 100% one way or the other, let me know because mm-hmm. I'm still working on it. Sure. You know, okay. And in the moment, I was, you know... Cage stage in a bit, like really, you couldn't just tell the truth. Well, you know, to be fair, I'm, I'm not, not trying to television, right. but and now I'm just like, what if or she's a true Christian? What if she really is wrestling with that? God, I have family members, best yeah. friends, mm-hmm. who struggle with same sex attraction, and they seem so happy and so loving and so whatever mm-hmm. when they're with this person doing this, like. Mm-hmm. How can something that looks so beautiful on the outside mm-hmm. be so sinful on the inside? Because mm. the devil is really good at his job. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you look at this, you, you're you looking at something that... I mean, there's a lot of things, I think, in our culture today and a lot of things that we would consider beautiful. And, and we also don't really know... Like, we, we can't define, you know, what is actually good anymore. It's beautiful, so, but they all end up being idols in the end. It, 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 here's, here's an interesting thing. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of – there's a lot of things there. So I think with Lauren Daigle, it's like, first of all, I will say, like, it is hard on national television to say the unpopular thing. Sure. <clears throat> I believe that because if everybody's just like, why don't you just let people love and do what they want to do, right? Well, the line gets blurred very easily when that becomes the standard, right? Mm -hmm. Because love, we don't even know what that means anymore. Mm -hmm. As long as somebody says it makes me feel a certain way, I love, therefore it's fine. The girls on The View did the same thing to Carl Lentz. They cornered him on abortion. Absolutely. I I think, and and it's, it's, it's unpopular, but that's why Christians need to be prepared to give an answer to to every for the hope that they have in, mm-hmm. and um and also yeah. you know with gentleness and respect right because people they don't want to know about christianity right. they want to know about christian moralism well, well, here let me go back they want that's to know what big, you, yeah yeah that's like, right you don't care about christianity you care tell me about what i want to hear morals. right tell me about god what's being your love? view on sex what's well, your view right, on right, marriage? right. let what's me hear about this, this? What, what what can i do yeah right what can i get away with that's often what exactly. comes exactly and i think uh going back to what you were saying about um, you know, people saying, well, how does it affect you and everything else? Mm. Here's one conversation I had with a kid in my high school. Uh, you know, we were, he was saying like, you know, do you hate me because I'm gay? Right? Mm. This is a, you know, good, solid friend, good kid. Yeah. And, you know, we were hanging out, we were talking and I said, well, let me explain it this way. Because usually I'd just say no and, and, and they wouldn't believe me or whatever. Because Or they'd have a hard time conflating the two. Sure. Like, you don't hate me, but you're a Christian. Or they I'm had, told yeah, by the shows that I watch. Had a bad experience yeah, or something or, some, or maybe, yeah. This person experience. was a Christian. Because let's not, let's not yeah. pretend that these people don't get like cast out of families. and sure. That definitely does happen. Sure. And, and we as Christians should be sympathetic to that and our doors are open. However, there's, there is a fine line between saying, okay, what does God call sin and what does he not call sin? Mm. Let's understand that we've all sinned, but sin isn't good, mm. right? There's something, there's something there. It's, it's not right to do certain things, yeah. even if we feel right about them. So 
back to this conversation. I'm talking to this kid. I'm saying, hey, he's talking to me. He says, well, do you hate me? And I say, no. And he says, well, I don't really understand that because, you know, if you don't believe or whatever in what I want to do, then mm-hmm. why, that equates to hate, right? So I said, well, let me, let me ask you this. I'm a Christian. Do you agree with my point of view on, or, or not even point of view, do you believe uh, in, do you believe in my Christian view over homosexuality? Or do you agree with it? He says, well, no. I say, well, do you hate me? Well, he says, no. Okay, so you disagree with my, my you know, worldview on this, mm-hmm. but you don't hate me. Now you understand what my perspective is with you. So, so it's as simple. It's as simple as kind of explaining to say, look, uh, you, you know, you disagree with my opinion, but yeah. you don't hate me. Well, I disagree with your opinion. I don't hate you, and it's this, not even an opinion well, here. We're talking about truth. But our day and age now, right? If if you disagree or your truth doesn't line up with my truth, you're dangerous. It's not that you hate me; it's that you're a hater. Yes, yeah. And haters are my motivators, as the kids say. But seriously, like, oh, you're just a hater, right? You, you don't f- think yeah. this is good? Well, let me let me let me take it a step further, right? Uh, so so there's a lot to untangle with the LGBTQ. I want to point this out because Snapchat a couple of years ago did this, and I thought it was very interesting. And it has it had like filters that love has no, uh, you know, and it just filled in the blank. So love has no. A, uh, love has no gender love has no uh, limits mm. love has no and it just and then at one point it was love has no age now hang on now snapchat is a huge platform this is becoming mainstream now and if people think that we're just kind of ringing the bells or just fear mongers here mm-hmm. we're not give it five years yeah this will become mainstream because on what basis can you people say that trying. this is wrong? Yeah. On what basis can you say that people cannot get married to multiple people at once? And I'm not trying to suggest that people who believe that homosexuality is okay believe those things too. What I'm saying is, the question is, on what basis is are those things wrong? Based on your worldview, based on mm-hmm. how you view these things. On yeah. what basis is it not okay to say, you know, that the love has no age, right? Somebody falls in love with somebody that's underage, who's to stop them? Why? And and what what basis ultimately do we use for that? What what do we use to justify that besides my opinion versus yours, mm. my feelings or the majority's feelings? Right? Yeah. If we go to the the we say, well, the majority of society says this. Well, what if the majority of the society is uh, 1930s Germany mm. and decides that Nazism is an absolute great way to run a government? That didn't work well. Mm. The majority was okay with that. So how do we how do we do this, right? The Christian worldview has an answer. And we get that basis from the Bible. Yeah. Not one that we just invented out of nothing because we don't have a good answer. We have an answer that is consistent. The answer is God and his attributes established a moral law to help us understand how this world works, how these things should be, and how we should act. And with that being said, we can actually have a basis for that. And of course, if you're, if you're you know, for homosexual marriage and you say, how is that affecting you or anybody else? I would argue it affects children very negatively. Yeah. You're either taking a mother or a father out of that situation. I was looking up a, a quote that I thought of while you were talking about that. Mm-hmm. Because like, 
the 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 mainstream culture mm-hmm. is what determines right yeah right. you know at least in america oh uh, 100% i the mainstream culture is what determines the world, it right that's the world and uh terry virgo this guy's from uh the uk awesome speaker mm-hmm. look him up mm-hmm. uh he said this you can't legislate holiness right that's true but when the moral climate changes Government will change with it. Hmm. The moral climate being what's what what's uh, culturally acceptable. Yeah. As as far as whatever morals we're talking about. Yeah. The moral climate in our country. When that changes, government changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So because our moral climate has gotten to where it is now. Yeah. We have seen the changes in government that mm-hmm. we've seen. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not one who loves talking about government politics. In fact, I really don't. Mm-hmm. All right. I'd rather just show you... I'd rather us be the one percenter of Christians <laughs> to show you that... You want hey, to be Noah. <laughs> you can... You can, I, you can disagree with me on everything. It's not going to stop me from loving you. Mm-hmm. you know, and that's... Your attitude might make it hard some days. <laughs> oh, yeah. But... Well, this is important, right? Because what you're saying essentially is... I love you enough to tell you what what is true, mm-hmm. and and they may say like, oh no, that's not true, or this is not, or you're being bigoted, or you're being hateful, or yeah. you're being all these things. But here's the thing: in in spite of doing the unpopular thing, mm-hmm. I am telling you out of love, even though you will dislike me for it. Mm-hmm. I, it will it will mean that I might have my name thrown around and 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 lies said about me and slander. Yeah. I am willing to go through that because mm-hmm. I want to tell you what's true. Because other people don't want to tell you a lot well, of times or conform to you because they care about their own how, status in your eyes. How do you get to that conversation where a person is so mad at you that, you know, <laughs> because you told them the truth about something, which I'm assuming, you know, because we're talking about homosexuality, well, you told them the truth about that. Sure. All right. Now, I'm going to say that probably not the best way to minister. First well, it's off, not a good starter like, conversation. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Like, I have seen so many successful, is successful from the Christian point of view, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. ministering to people who struggle with homosexuality, in uh, active homosexual relationships. Mm-hmm. And you know why they're so successful? Because first off, you love them unconditionally the second they walk in the door. Well, you give them the gospel. You give them the gospel. Right. Listen, well, A, we're not going to turn you away or kick you out. Mm-hmm. It, the the guy that's in a an active homosexual relationship, and 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 of course this this gets and we could do another podcast on this because this gets conflated and and mixed in with uh, and confused mm-hmm. with people that have temptations sure. that they don't act on and they say look I've had these temptations and everything well then you get into a theological conversation about temptation and that the second glance as it mm. were and, and that's that's a different story but I think. It's very important to say they are going to get the same gospel everybody else is from the same perspective. That they're a fallen sinner just like I was and just like I still mm-hmm. struggle with my sin, wrestle with my sin, whatever you want yeah. to call it. I still, uh, you know, but but the Christian, and we've been studying this in Romans, the Christian can actually say no to sin. Yes. We can actually not sin. We can choose not to sin. Mm-hmm. The person who is unsaved is dominated by it. Yeah. And and our, our, our prayer is that God gives us the great opportunity to be a part of something that he's doing. 
And if it costs us our reputation, this is tough for me, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I loved being known in high school and, and, and liked and everything else, and even after. And if my reputation has to take a tank because God needs to be glorified, mm -hmm. I've got to humble myself for that. But I think I think those 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 moments of ministry need to be spirit-led, 100%. Because mm -hmm. yeah. here's the thing. You, you, you are welcome here, no matter what sin you're struggling with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and when we let the gospel, we let Christ do the work for us. Mm -hmm. We let him do the work on the inside, mm -hmm. from the inside out. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, things are going to start bubbling up to the surface. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit will start convicting of sin yeah. as they hear the truth. And when I was talking about being led by the Spirit, mm -hmm. there might be a moment where the Holy Spirit says, hey, I want you to talk to them about this. Yeah, yeah, bring it up. And All right, now's the, now's the time, and, yeah. and I want you to speak the truth in love. Yeah. Because that relationship, that loving relationship, has been established. Right. Your words of love and truth will be received. Absolutely. Interesting thing about that, Westboro Baptist, right? They're usually the people, right? They're yeah. usually the guys, and I, you know, and, and ladies, you know, that that are like the example, right? Like they're the ones that everybody points at and says, "This is, you know, Christians." And and if I'm making a documentary to kind of like villainize Christians, <laughs> who is gonna, who is going to absolutely get the role every time? They're just their phones got to be have got to be blowing up with people trying to villainize Christians, and. I looked them up one time. I looked up where their church was. And I'm kidding. I kid you not. This was some small church in a neighborhood that if you blink, you could have missed it. Driving past this thing. But the media exposure that these guys get. And they love it. Mm. They love it. These aren't. I mean, these people are not showing the fruits of the spirit. I don't. I wouldn't call them saved. And I know that that's pretty mean. But it's not mean. It's just true. Right? I'm not trying to be unnecessarily whatever. I'm, I'm just trying to say that I don't know. I, I, I question their salvation highly. <laughs> and because what fruits of the Spirit am I seeing here? Right? Yeah. Uh, where's the love? Where's the peace? Where's the. No, these people are going to. They're provocateurs and they're getting as much media exposure as they could because there's obviously people who want to stir the pot. Because people divided are angry, and they want to see the people that they disagree with villainized yeah. to make it a little easy. I mean, if the villain is just, you know, in some, you know, cave somewhere laughing and, you know, petting his, his you know, I was going to say zebra, but I meant cat. I don't know why those two <laughs> do not connect at all. But he's just like, oh, 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 you know, it's like, oh, that's the bad guy, right? He's he's, he's bad. But, but when you actually I'm sorry I went like bad guy from Inspector Gadget yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> that's who they try to present and it's like if you want those people go find the Westboro Baptist mm. meanwhile evangelicals around the world right are giving monies to orphanages and, and, and building hospitals and doing all these things but they don't get the press do you mm. see what I mean it's the failures of the few that the that the world uses to to as a projection of the many mm -hmm. it's to say that look at all these you know and and in, this in 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 moral failure like we talked about right. before and with true christians and cults like westboro baptist which is probably a cult like yeah. i haven't looked much into it but i just looked at their church and i said this is literally a, a church 
that probably is of 20 people. The, the, the culture around us does not understand that true Christians are known by their fruit. All right. Doesn't understand and doesn't want to understand in some cases. Because they'll just say, oh, you believe in God? You identify as a Christian? Mm-hmm. Here on earth, you identify as a Christian, and you believe this, this, and this, and you do that, that, and that? Oh, so now you've lumped all of Christendom into that. Well, yeah, I mean, I would expect that from, from a world yeah. that's under the control of the prince of the power of the air. Too. When a true Christian would say, all right, let's look at the fruit here. Mm-hmm. There is none. Mm-hmm. Or very little, that's when you can take into question their salvation. Yeah. Someone who is following, has truly given over to Christ and following the true God of the Bible, mm-hmm. really will present these fruits. And, and, and they're, they're going to fail. Evident. They're going to oh, fail, too. Yeah, yeah no one's Absolutely. saying we're perfect. Right, right, right. When I said I need Jesus more today than I did yesterday, I wasn't kidding. Absolutely. All right, you know, especially when you take that's in the, the leadership point. We role. point to Jesus. Who does Westboro Baptist point to? Themselves. They bring attention to themselves. Mm-hmm. They bring attention to their outrageous rhetoric and, and all of those things. And again, when challenged, they don't... And, and it's those people that get the platform. It's those people that get the press. Because why? A lot of reasons. But I think a big part of it is... It's easy to villainize. It's easy because, you know, it gets people talking. It gets people watching. Yeah, and, and again, a group of, yeah, there's money. money. And there's like there's like 25 of them. You're going to take 25 people and then you're going to take a macro view and say, oh, that's evangelical Christianity. And no, it's not. That's what the news does that about everything, not just Oh, absolutely. Just I'm just saying it's very interesting because you see those people and there often is – they're often a minority, right? There's not many of them. And, I mean, I've seen documentaries on LGBTQ and Christian relationships. relationships. And, 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 I mean, what do you see? You see the people with the signs and, the, and all that stuff almost every time, yeah. right? And, I mean, you go through my town that wasn't a huge town. It wasn't small either. It was middle, whatever. Some people would say no, but, but I didn't see that anywhere. Maybe one guy at Wegmans, right? That was the guy who did that. Majority of Christians, if you took, like, statistically, the majority of Christians, and then you took one guy. This is a speck. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like when that one guy spoke at chapel, and he said he he made a general statement about all the guys at at our college. But a lot of them were, and he said they weren't doing ministry, they were apathetic. Mm -hmm. But most of them were gone that day doing ministry because that was a big, you know, it was like a Sunday or Mm -hmm. something. They were busy doing ministry. But he saw a couple of guys in the dorms that weren't doing it. Mm-hmm. So you made a general assumption based on a few. And that can't be... But unfortunately, that's what happens. That's the culture? Yeah. So You know? And it's lucrative for the news. It is. You know? It is. And this is why... We pay the price. And, you know, we should expect that. We the, should expect more Absolutely. Of that. The sensationalism of the news is definitely something we should talk about at some point. But the final thing... Speaking of which, actually, uh, Christian nationalism. Oh, that's a Lord. term that's been thrown around a lot. I totally forgot we were going <laughs> Well, we, we just, kind of alluded just, to it a little. We got a little bit of time. Well, I mean, if you have to break this up, that's fine. We might have to. You want to tackle this next one? Next time? And then we'll... Because uh, it's like a 10.50. I didn't even realize. Yeah, we'll do it next time. All right. All right. So, so Christian nationalism next time. Yeah. And by that time, nobody's going to care about it. Or it gets worse. So who knows? We'll maybe, find out. And maybe something will happen that we'll have to talk about instead. Oh, my goodness. 
There was a there was a capital insurrection. Yes. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening yes. to Broology. Yes. We are sorry we had a few months off. Life got crazy there for a little bit. To be fair, it really did. It, I mean, getting COVID and a second job. You really got COVID. Me. You got a second job. <laughs> really, I took on a new role. Sideline. I got sick. That's right. We had the holidays. Mm-hmm. All of them. Yeah. You know. Oh, holidays at retail. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> but. Thank you all. We are going to hopefully roll these episodes out more regularly. Yes. and At least monthly, right? Hopefully. 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 We'll set, set the bar low. <laughs> yeah. Don't have high <laughs> expectations. <laughs> I'm Nate. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next time. Yeah.